Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. Thank you for streaming this message. I believe this message will encourage you, it will inspire you, and it'll help you live the supernatural lifestyle of faith. We want you to live this supernatural lifestyle of faith, not have supernatural moments, but have it as a lifestyle. So we put all of this content out for you to receive so you can grow and live the life that Jesus made available for you. To find more information about our ministry and our resources, you can visit us at FCCGA.com or you can download our Faith Plus app. Our Faith Plus app has thousands of hours of faith building content and it's available in your app store right now. Open your heart. God's going to share something special to you through this message. Visitors, I'm not Pastor Carrot, praise God. You saw him on the screen, amen. So if you saw me get up and say, oh, something happened to him between the announcements and this morning. Well, no, I'm ministering, but we want to invite you back to experience the ministry gift of our pastor, amen. You know, the Word of God says that we should give honor where honor is due, and we honor our pastor, amen. Glory to God. You know, the Bible says that when Jesus left, he gave gifts unto men. And we should make sure that we always recognize those spiritual leaders that he has given unto us as gifts. Amen. And treat them as so. Because they have labored so that you may be able to be fed the word of God. Amen. Bless the name of the Lord. Praise God. Give me just a moment because... I like to set my clock because I know that no matter how good something is, if I'm too long, your seat will tell you that I'm no longer anointed. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to make sure that I know what time it is. Bless the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning again for opportunity to speak your word. We ask that you think through our mind and speak through our vocal cords the words you will have your people receive today. Holy Spirit will open to any way that you choose to minister. We say feed your people the word that was preordained even before the foundation of the world so that they would be blessed and go forth and do your work. We thank and give you praise for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> over these past weeks, or I could even say months. We've been blessed by the messages Pastor has been sharing with us, and he has been ministering on the subject, the extreme goodness of God. Amen? And these messages have been focused on primarily how God, no matter what your situation, no matter what you're going through, you're going through, no matter what case you find yourself in, God is not only able to bring you out, God is able to bring you over. God also, just like the Hebrew boys who were in, thrown into the furnace, God can make it so that you come out of the fire with no smell of smoke. Hallelujah. Just as they have said when they were singing that praise song, we may be tried by the fire, but that doesn't mean we have to smell or look like the fire. Amen. Glory to God. So there have been several messages, and I'm just going to mention just a few of those. Uh, the last one we had was this time to unpack. Then we had zigzag is not the end of the story. Then we had in the middle of a miracle. Next we had lift your head up, and next we had God's not done with you yet, and etc., etc., etc. Amen. You can find those on the Faith Plus app. You can find them on YouTube and other forms of media. They are a great blessing. 
and pastor defined goodness as remember we're talking about the extreme what Amen, the extreme goodness of God. All right, y'all going to go with me this morning. Amen? Hallelujah. Goodness is defined as prosperity, good things, property, supply, provision, good. In the wildest sense of the word, good to the farthest extreme. Hallelujah. And though all those things are wrapped up in goodness, just like you have an apple and you have the peel, you have the stem, you have the juice, you have the meat, you have the seed in the core, all those things are wrapped up in goodness. Amen? Amen. Turn to Psalms 27. This psalm is one, psalm is one that I really like. and uh, Y'all tell me because I don't know when I'm up here. Is it on the screen? Amen. It's not? Okay, well, turn to it in your Bible. Did you bring your Bibles to church or your, your device or something? See, God has a system. A system that if we utilize every part of it, we're going to get more out of the scripture. It's not just what you hear. It's also what you see. Because the thing is, there are some pictures. If we flash them on the screen, they will have an effect on you. Amen? There are some pictures that we wouldn't want to see in church. If we flash them on the screen, they would affect you. Am I right about it? So when you look at this Scripture or any scripture, it actually has an effect on you. That's why God says you need to put it in your eyes. Amen? So you're in Psalms 27, verse 13. It says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see what? The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So what was the psalmist saying he was expecting to see? He was expecting to see prosperity. He was expecting to see good things. He was expecting to see property. He was expecting to see supply. He was expecting to see provision, good, and in the wildest sense of the word, good to the farthest extreme. See, it's not just enough that you want everything to be all right. See, God is bigger than just all right. God is bigger than just get by. God is bigger than just... Now, let me ask you this question. Parents, when you send your children to school, do you want them to look like the rug rats? You don't want your children to look like they just came out of the, uh, the, the, the deepest part of the ghetto. You want your children to look like they represent you. God wants us to look like we represent him, amen? See, we have to raise our level of expectation on our faith because God's not dealing with this low-level get-by and I'm just wanting to make it kind of faith because he's too big for that. Our God has great expectations for us, but we have to also have the faith to receive the expectation. Amen. So, we need to put our faith on getting all of the goodness that he has for us. The prosperity, the good thing, the property, the supply, the provision, the good. And in the wildest sense of the word, good to the what? Farthest extreme. Because God has a purpose that we're going to talk about in just a moment. Because that goodness that he puts on us is not just for us. Amen? All right. So, 
God is good, and those who believe will see that goodness in this life and in the life to come. In fact, he says in his word, those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So God wants you to know he's got a plan for you and that if you follow his plan, he's going to show up in your life so someone can see good on you so they want him. He's a rewarder. God hadn't got anything against ambition. In fact, David, when Goliath was out there talking his mess to the Jews, he said, what will I get if I kill this giant? God ain't got nothing against ambition. In fact, he wants you to be ambitious because he has rewards for you if you get your mind on something out there that he's going to give you. Amen? So, I want to look at King David real quick because he knew something about God's goodness. And in the 23rd Psalm, it says, The Lord is my what? Shepherd. I shall not want. See, when God's leading you, he's not going to take you anywhere bad. You might look at it from your natural, with your natural eyes and say, God, I know you're leading me, but this don't look too good. But he's got a good plan in the end. You may look at it and it seems like there's a reason to be anxious, to be fearful, to there's a reason for me not to take that next step. But if you hang in there, <laughs> he's going to show you something that you hadn't seen before, something that you didn't expect, something that you weren't looking for, because his plans for us are far above anything that we can think or ask. Amen? So if we just take that next step, you know that one that you said, mm, God, I can't go there. But if you take that step and you just keep stepping, he's going to bring you through. Amen? Amen. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He making me to lie down in green pastures. He leading me to slide the still waters. He restores my soul. If you got problems in your mind, there is restoration for your soul. That's one we, reason we need to put our eyes on the word. See, God has a system. Come to church is part of the system. Reading your word is part of the system. Listening to the word is part of the system. Praising him is part of the system. Fellowshipping with other believers is part of the system because we are a body. And if you separate a part of your body from your body, that part will die. So we need what every joint supplies. Yeah, we need the joint that even, you know, you know the joint that don't act quite that right, but they still part of the body. You know, just like that big toe that go the wrong way. It's still part of your body, and you need that part. In fact, if somebody step on that part, you got a problem. So you want to keep that part. So don't get crazy about the one that don't act like you want them to act. They're still part of the body. Hallelujah. they part of your body. So love them anyway. And you know, I heard that little toes can strain back up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So pray for them. They're acting crazy, pray for them. They're acting crazy, bless them. 
Amen. Maybe all they knew was crazy. Maybe they came from crazy. But now they're in the body. Hallelujah. So deal with a little crazy and believe God for them. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Woo. Glory. I lost my place, so I thought I'd take a little praise break. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> Woo! I will feel no evil for God with me. You know what God thinks about your enemy? <laughs> you know. God likes to join your enemy. You know what God will do? That enemy that you got, God will set you right there with your prosperous self, with them looking on, so they can see, look what God has done. God will just have them see, oh, I thought they weren't going to make it, but, oh, something happened. I was talking about them, and look what happened. I wasn't working with them, and look what happened. You know, but the thing is, God really wants them to see his goodness in you so that he can bring them in, so he can do for them what he did for you. But if they don't want to come in, he said, I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And you're not even going to have to fear. Hallelujah. Because God is so big. God is so powerful. God is so strong. God is all-knowing, all-seeing. He's everywhere, always. At the same time, he's in the past, he's in the present, he's in the future. It says in the word that we shall be in awe of him for ages to come. Hallelujah. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our head with oil. Our cup runs over. I understand that in the um, Far Eastern countries, if you visit somebody and they give you a cup of tea or water, anything to drink, if they pour the liquid in the cup and they let the cup fill to the overflow, they're saying, it's okay for you to come back. But if they just fill up enough in the cup, they're saying, this your last time. <laughs> so God is saying, <laughs> when it comes to God, if he's your shepherd, you can always come back. He's not putting his children out. <laughs> he sees you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's that loving father waiting for the prodigal son who has left him. He's standing out on the porch seeing, is that him? Is that him? Is that him? And you got to understand, for a man of status in the Far East, for him to run means that he had to pick up his robe, which is not something that people of high status do. You don't just pick up your robe so you can run. No, people of high status send somebody to go get what they want. But he picked up his robe, and he started running because he didn't care about his status. He cared about his son. He said, let me go get my boy. He's come back. He's coming back to the family. And that's what he thinks about us. David says, surely goodness, 
Surely goodness. Surely goodness. What is goodness? Prosperity. Surely good things. Surely property. Surely supply. Surely provision. Surely good. In the wildest sense of the word, good to the follower is strange. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. How long? All the days of my life. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Now we have spoken about God's goodness and good is just who God is. He can't help it. That's who he is. One of my favorite sayings is what we've just heard several times. God is good all the time and all the time. Amen. But could it be possible that that same goodness that is in God is in us? Is it possible? Is it possible? Amen. So we want to see it from the scripture for those who might not be nodding yes. Amen. Because you know, I've met quite a few people over the years who, when we talk to them, say, ministering to them or witnessing to them. There have been individuals that we've spoken to who said, you know, you don't know what I've done. There's no way God could love me. You don't know what's happened in my life. You don't know how, what I've done to people. You don't know what I think, the thoughts I got running through my mind. There's no way that I could possibly be good, that God could possibly want me. I remember an individual I was speaking to who he was a Vietnam veteran, and he said that things that I did over there, that is no way God could love me. And I was, I was telling him that the blood of Jesus washes away every sin. It doesn't matter what you've done. That blood will cleanse you. That blood will never lose its power. The blood of Jesus is the most precious commodity in the universe. Amen. And John, turn to John, the third chapter, John chapter three, John chapter three. And Jesus is having a conversation with an individual named Nicodemus. He's a ruler of the synagogue and is coming to Jesus because they know that he must come from God. They've seen the miracles that he's done. They heard the things that he's spoken and he needs some information. So starting in John chapter 3, verse 1. John chapter 3, verse 1, and we'll read. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The saying came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And he was speaking the truth, amen. Going on, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be what? Born again, he cannot what? See the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, that's the natural part of birth, Many times when a, a woman gets ready to deliver, they say something like, my water broke. So that's the water of the uh, ambionic fluid that the baby's in. So unless you're born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Going on, it says, man born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit 
is spirit. Now, when we're born again, our spirit is changed. Everyone who has ever been conceived in this earth came into this earth as a sinner. So Adam wasn't conceived. Eve wasn't conceived. Everyone that came after them was conceived. That's why that sin is upon all of us. That's why we have a need for a savior. Uh, it says in Romans, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So it doesn't matter how good you think you are, you're still a sinner until you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen? So when we are born of the Spirit, just like a child is born with all of their limbs, their organs, they just need to grow. And see, I was when I was born, I was two pounds, five, eight ounces. I weigh a lot more now. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, but when someone is born, just as you're born naturally and you have everything in you, when you're born again, you have everything in you. It just needs to grow, and it just needs to be nurtured. It needs to be developed so that it can be utilized. Amen? And so just like if you don't exercise your body, it will atrophy. If you don't exercise spiritually, you will atrophy. So we have to exercise these things that God has put in us. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit, which is in us. Say, everyone who is saved, say this. I'm saved. I'm born of the Spirit. Therefore, these fruit of the Spirit is in me. Now, I used the wrong... Uh, 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 I meant to be singular, and I said plural. The fruit of the Spirit, because it's just like the apple. The fruit is singular. The fruit of the Spirit, because it's just like the apple. The apple is the peel, it's the core, it's the, uh, the meat, the juice, and all that. But it's all the apple. Amen? Y'all with me? So, Galatians 5.22, it reads, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, what? Goodness. So, the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. Now, it says in Genesis that God made man out of the dust of the ground, and then he blew into him, what? The breath of life, and man became, what? A living soul. Now, I have a bottle of water here. Can I pour grape juice out of this bottle? Because there's no grape juice in here. Can I pour dirt out of this bottle? There's no dirt in here. Can I pour carpet out of this bottle? There's no carpet in here. So the only thing that come, can come out of this bottle is what's in this bottle. The only thing that can come out of God is what's in God. So when he blew into man the breath of life, he blew himself into man. Because God cannot blow anything into anyone that didn't come out of him. 
So he blew himself into us. Sin corrupted what he blew into us. But Jesus restored what he blew into us. Amen? So, the goodness is back. But we have to nurture and develop that goodness. Amen? Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Say, the goodness of God is in me. Amen. Y'all coming along. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9, it reads, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all what? Goodness. We have been in this series about the extreme goodness of God. But I want y'all to cross over into the extreme goodness that God has in you. The extreme goodness that God has in you. So, when God saved us and put this goodness in us, he put prosperity in us. Say, I have prosperity in me. He put good things in us. Say, I have good things in me. He put property in us. Say, I have property in me. He put supply in us. Say, I have supply in me. He put provision in us. Say, I have provision in me. He put good in us. Say, I have good in me. Amen. But see, it says also, turn to Glory to God. Oh, okay, well, let me, let me stay on the program. Whew. This goodness he put in us is for a purpose. Turn to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2. He put all this in us for a purpose. When you have it, say amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse number 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Unto what? Good works. So why were we created? Say it. It's right there. You just read it. Why were we created? We were created on the good works. So he put the goodness in us so we could do what? If I was a landscaper and I hired somebody to drive my landscaping truck and I got a lawnmower on the trailer, what do I expect that person to do? I expect them to take the lawnmower off the trailer and cut grass, right? So if God put the goodness in us, he expects us to get the goodness out and use it, amen? And to use it to do what? Good works, amen. He put it in us to do what? Good works. Amen. Y'all coming along. Turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Okay, look at verse number 8. And it reads, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always have an all sufficiency in all things may abound to what? Every good work. Oh. He said it again, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Hebrews, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. 
We're going to look at verse 24. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. You got it? It reads, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to what? Good works. Good works. Now, we had a home going here yesterday, praise God. And it's good to have a home going, and the home going is for a believer. Because we have a promise that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And all of us are expecting to see our Lord one day, amen? We don't want anyone to go early, but we know that that is a promise that we have from the word of God. And on yesterday, there were several people who were serving. And you know what they were doing? They were doing good works. On yesterday, we had people that came that would just support because they love that family. They were doing what? Good works. This morning, we got people serving on uh, Team Faith. And you know what they're doing? Say what? Good works. Good works means charitable acts. That means doing something good. So good works is a major topic with God. Because it said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing what? Good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Doing good is a major thing with God. It's not secondary. It's not incidental. God wants us to do good. Why? Because he is good. And he wants us to show forth his goodness to others. I, we want to see somebody in the scripture who is doing good. And what was the result of that good? Turn to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Acts chapter 9. Look at verse 36. Now, <clears throat> this is about a young lady who did good works. Something happened to her in the midst of her good works, and then there was a result that happened because of her good works. Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 36. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha. Notice she is a disciple, and she's a she. So you know some men got problems with lady disciples, so I just wanted to say that. Amen. God ain't got no problem with them, so I ain't got no problem with them. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman, amen, this woman, was full of what? Good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom, when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And forasmuch as Lydia was not to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise, and she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her 
his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa. And many, what? Believed in the Lord. So Dorcas, or Tabitha, she did good works. She did almsgiving. Tabitha got sick and died because she had a giving account. She had a good works account. God brought the man of God to her. He prayed and she was raised from the dead. But that's not the end of it. That went out the news of it throughout all the area and it says in verse 42 and it was known throughout all Joppa and many believed in the Lord see your good works have an end it's to get more people to believe in the Lord amen there have been many times and I forget I forget about them but my wife will remind me you know when we did so and so for so and so I said no and I say Oh, you don't, she'll say, you don't remember that? I said, no. I said, oh, okay, what did we do? And, she, <laughs> and she'll tell me because I, I've forgotten. Because, you know, the word of God says, when you do giving, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So I figured, okay, I, I ain't worried about it. We're going to go ahead and do it, and then we're going to go on. Amen. Amen. But I thank God for it that she remembers. She remembers stuff that I... I don't even know I remembered. I mean, did I, I didn't know that I forgot. I didn't know I forgot it. Sometimes I have to ask her, do I like that? <laughs> she, said, she said, well, you ate it before. I said, okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not that important to me, so, you know. Amen. But... Good works brings God's help when you need it. If you do good for somebody, don't expect it to come from them. Expect it to come from God. If you want help when you get in trouble, help somebody else when they are in trouble. And everyone who is a sinner is in trouble. We need to invite people to church. It's going to be Easter or Resurrection Sunday, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that. Invite somebody to church. Invite that person who you say, oh, Lord, they sure need to be saved. Invite them. Invite them. You can put up with them for a day. You ain't got to let them move in. <laughs> Ooh, glory. Invite them to church. Let them hear the word of God. Preach Sunday anointing so they'll get saved. Turn to Psalms. Turn to Psalms. Psalms 41. Psalms 41. This is also one of my favorite scriptures. And this is what Dorcas was doing. Psalms 41. We'll read it. It says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him, what? Alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth, and thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will what? Strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. That means if you're sick, he'll raise you up. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou will make all his bed in his what? Sickness. So if your bed is made, that means you're not in it. 
benefits of doing good work. Turn to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. When you have it, say amen. Need a, I need another amen. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Be ye therefore followers of God as what? Dear children. That word followers means imitators. I always think of this story when I uh, read this scripture. Uh, I have uh, four younger brothers. And when one of them was uh, about two or three, and um, my grandfather, he, after he, he, got a, he got sick and he began to walk with a limp. But my younger brother was there and he was about two and three. We noticed the baby is walking with a limp. What's the baby walking with a limp for? I mean, the baby, he just walking with a limp. Well, he was walking behind his grandfather, so he was imitating him. And children will do that. God wants us to be like that. He wants us to imitate him. He wants us to show his goodness. He wants us to do good works. Many times we as Christians, we get caught up in his goodness. And you know, we leave church, mm, that was a good word. We, we act like, you know how you are after Thanksgiving dinner? You done ate too much. You laid back. Ooh, ooh, that was good. You licking your fingers. Ooh, we do that about the word of God. We come to church. Ooh, that was a good word. And we just getting fat and happy. But really what God wants us to be is lean, mean Jesus machines. He wants us to do good works. He wants us to do good works. I like that too. Lean, mean Jesus machines. Ha-ha! Glory to God. Turn to uh, Philemon, or Philemon, or however you would like to pronounce it, Philemon, chapter 1. Philemon, chapter 1. First and second Timothy, Titus, Philemon. All right, you have it? Verse 6. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Something that we have to be intentional about is saying these good things are in us so that we can get the good thing out of us. You know, every now and then, well, it's not every now and then, it's probably often, You'll hear somebody say, <clears throat> you know, I ain't that long saved. You know, they come at me one more time, and I'm just going <laughs> to. Y'all know. And if, if it's you, don't, don't raise your hand. <laughs> what you should do is acknowledge, you know, the old me. The old me would have knocked them out, but I'm saved now. <laughs> God's goodness is in me. I'm saved now. I can forget them, forgive them. I'm saved now. I can do something good for them. I'm saved now. I can do good works, hallelujah. And it don't matter where you're from. I mean, not, nothing against Detroit folks, but you know, y'all like to say, you know, I'm from Detroit. It's going down. 
Okay. 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 I love you, but that don't sound like a good word. Now, if, if someone is attacking me, I'm going to defend myself because that's scriptural if you're attacking me. But I ain't just going to say, hey, you looked at me the wrong way. It's going down. No, 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 no. Turn the other cheek. Why would Jesus say turn the other cheek? Because if someone strikes you or slaps you, that's an insult. That's an insult. An insult ain't going to kill you. An insult won't kill you. One time when I was at one of the jobs I was working, I was working with an individual, and the two of us were working on the project. She assumed that I misplaced some information, and I did not. So she, oh, I, I, I tried not to say she, but y'all don't know her, no way. <laughs> She went off on me in front of the whole office. And I, I just, no, I, I didn't do it. I was just calm. And one of the guys came to me, man, how you take that? I said, I pray. <laughs> See, I was trying to do a good work. Hallelujah. So we must be intentional about reminding ourselves who we are in Jesus. Not who we are from where we're from. Not who we are from what we used to do. Not who we are because, you know, I'm from the Jones family, or Isom family, or Smith family. You know, we go off. We have a business. It's going down. I'm calling my boys, my girls, my family, my... Call on Jesus. He'll keep you saved. Call on Jesus. He'll keep you out of jail. Call on Jesus. He'll keep you out of trouble. How many people went to jail because <clears throat> they ain't going to talk to me like that? How many people stopped on the traffic stop when you could have just shown the ID and gone on about your business? What you want? I ain't done nothing. What's my charge? Keep your mouth shut so you can go home and if you need to get a lawyer from a safe place not from a jail cell don't have your family crying because Pookie didn't hurt nobody well Pookie would have kept himself calm Pookie wouldn't be dead now I'm not saying that's every situation but if we would just do good words. <laughs> we'll be a lot better. Amen? Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. I want you to see this. And we're about to close. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 2. Look at verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The goodness of God in you, in me, in us, is what leads others to repentance. That time that you held back and bit your tongue, 
was that time that kept somebody able to receive Jesus. That time that you went out of your way and you knew, you knew that person was taking advantage of you. You knew they were despitefully using you. You were given an opportunity for Jesus to show up in their life so they could receive him. Many people say, I want to be used by God. And then when he started using you, meaning letting other people use you, Have I been used like an old shoe? <laughs> used, thrown out, kicked around. But it's all right. You know, I like to think of what it says. And Well, there's a song I can't remember. But you know, I've never been to the jailhouse, never been to the courthouse, not for me. Never had to go to the hospital for me. Because God is faithful. You know, I think about it sometimes. I, I told y'all I was a two-pound, five-eight-ounce baby 62 years ago. That was before they had the NICU. The NICU. You know, don't think that a bad start means you're going to have a bad end. See, there are people that you think had real bad starts. You look at them now. That may be their bad start. Keep praying for them. God's got a good end. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for streaming this message. I believe it encouraged you and is going to help you make Jesus famous in your everyday life. We would love to be, stay connected with you. So subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel. Download our Faith Plus app and visit us at FCCGA.com to learn more about our ministry. If you would like to support our ministry financially, you can also do so by our website at FCCGA.com or by texting FCCGA to 73256. If you would like to submit a prayer request, you can do so at our website as well. We would love to agree with you in faith, and we know you'll receive an answer according to the Word of God. Once again, thank you for streaming this message, and remember, God has a great plan for your life, and something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.